Hello, Winnipeg fans. We are getting closer to the NHL draft, and for Winnipeg, it is a pretty exciting time. The Jets have two first-round picks, which is the first time in ages that they've had anything like this. Uh, Obviously, Winnipeg has a chance to walk away with two pretty decent prospects, but of course, late first-rounders. What kind of value can you expect coming out of this? We'll talk about who might be available for the Jets and, uh, you know, the the positives and potential negatives for some of these prospects that might be uh, diamonds in the rough for the Jets in the long term. All coming up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Lockdown Winnipeg Jets, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for choosing to make Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. We've got audio and video versions of this podcast available just for you 24-7 every day of the week. So uh, give us a follow and a subscription. We really love and appreciate your support, and it'll also keep you up to date on all all of the latest happenings and analysis in Winnipeg Jets hockey. Now, on tonight's episode, there are a couple of topics that I thought would be worth covering. Um, The first one that we're going to touch on briefly is just an interesting side note that we saw with Barry Trotz. Uh, And then later, we're going to talk about some prospects that I think the Jets might have a shot at with the 30th overall pick before closing out with some early thoughts on game one of the Stanley Cup finals. Now, in regards to Barry Trotz, obviously, uh, this is like the biggest thing, I guess, in Jets hockey. We're all still waiting for his answer. It's not really um, seeming like the Jets uh, are are going to go anywhere else with this coaching search. I I think Winnipeg is very much dead set on Trotz uh, or almost bust at this point, which Given the um, the rumors that we're hearing about other teams and their interview processes, it kind of sounds like Trotz might be making the Jets at least one of his maybe top two or top three picks. My gut kind of tells me for some reason that Jets might be his number one destination. But uh, of course, there have been some thoughts that maybe him doing the real estate shopping in Nashville means he might be interested in returning there and perhaps settling down in a management role rather than coaching, which I think that's an option. Something with Trotz just makes me feel like I, I, I imagine him not really wanting to hang up the coaching uh, boots just yet. I think he wants to give one more team a run and seeing if he can kind of, I don't know, end his coaching career on a bit of a high, because I think the way that he went out with the Islanders was probably really unsatisfying. Not that stepping into a management role wouldn't at least do some to, you know, instill some confidence and make him, you know, decently happy with his performance. But, you know, by the same token, it's not really the same thing, right? You you had a good chance to maybe uh, accomplish something with the Islanders. Didn't really pan out despite a couple of really good playoff appearances. And, you know, it's, it's just a bit of a sour note to suddenly find yourself on the outs of a team that didn't really give you a ton to work with. So uh, for some reason, I just feel like Trotz has really labeled the Jets as his destination. And according to uh, some some rumors that surfaced today, 
the Flyers gave him an like a contract offer of around seven million, which uh, let's be honest, that's pretty crazy money. I, I don't recall if that was per season, but if it was, um, first off, I'm pretty sure it's probably split across a couple of years. But even just uh, in a cumulative cumulative contract, uh, seven mil is quite a bit of money for an NHL head coach. Which means if the Jets are actually getting him, um, I'm, I'm going to imagine that the terms are pretty darn expensive. And this is like one of the rare times the Jets are actually shelling out for a coach, which, in my opinion, you really have to do. If you want to uh, have the best performances, you need to be willing to pay for it. And that's not something that in the past the Jets seemingly uh, did as much. But this time, you know, there's no really getting around it. The Jets are going to have to open up the the wallet and really dig deep for trots or any other high-end head coach. I I think that some of the other coaching candidates on their, their current backlog are probably cheaper in some ways, but I don't think that the Jets really need to skimp here. In my mind, you know, if you're thinking that the window for the Jets, uh, like I talked on my last episode, is probably one to two seasons with this group before the rebuild needs to start, then, you know, the next year or so, it, it's a pivotal time in the franchise, and you really don't have time to just sort of uh, have like a halfway house option, right? You're either all in or you're all out. Um, and if you're all out, you're going to be rebuilding, you're going to be trading players, you're going to be starting from the ground up again. But if you're all in, you basically need to be willing to go full bore and give Trots or what other top candidate out there um, is asking for uh, a major contract. I mean, there's just no reason to skimp here. Um, and honestly, if the Jets bring in Trots, I think that they should also really lavishly spend on the assistant coaching staff. Don't bring in guys that are expensive just for the sake of you know trying to look like you're, you're making really big moves. But I do think if you want to have uh, at least one more crack at a, a playoff run, a deep one with this current group, you're going to have to give Trotz uh, a supporting staff that really offers a ton of tactical flexibility and quite honestly brings a lot of fresh progressive ideals. And hey, maybe if Trotz steps away and one of these assistant coaches uh, really starts to prove his mettle, maybe the Jets have already found a longer term head coaching solution that you know means they can not have to worry about it, um, you know, in one to two years or something like that. So I, I think for me, Winnipeg just needs to kind of um, grin and bear it. But I will say that from all accounts uh, and from the offers that we're hearing uh, around the league, I do think the Jets have given Trotz probably one of the more lucrative contract offers out there. The fact that the Flyers were offering $7 million to me tells me that the, uh, you know, that the Trotz's signature here is 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 going to be pricey. And I feel like for the Jets, it's probably worth spending. Um, Just make sure that you don't skimp out elsewhere. Craft a super squad of head coaching staff and and assistant coaching staff. Bring in a really great office here. And, you know, maybe the Jets are going to make noise next year. I think you need to have uh, lower expectations in certain areas. But at least, you know, bare minimum, chase it and do what you can to build, you know, the best team possible and give one last chance uh, to this current group. Because... You know, after 2023-24, it's all up in the air. And I, I, for one, as a fan, just have to see this team go for it one more time. Uh, I'd be curious to know how you feel about this, though. Uh, As always, you can tell me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Or tell us in the YouTube comments below. Uh, We're always soliciting fan feedback. And on Friday's episode, I did actually want to get some mailbag questions in and answer those for you. Because obviously... um, I think a lot of fans are just kind of sitting around waiting for something to happen. But in the meantime, you know, I, I think it's really important to get a sense of the fan feedback. 
uh, get a sense of the, the pulse of the fan base and get your questions because I feel like there are plenty of topics to discover with the Jets. And, you know, as always, having you engaged in it is always fun. And, you know, we're, we're still waiting for the offseason to end, right? Um, you know, with the Jets, it's been a little bit of a waiting game as we're, we're holding on to hope for a Trots announcement this week. Let's just hope it happens before Friday so we can get some really cool questions in. And you can ask me what I think of Trots uh, and what I've seen in his tactical approach because uh, I got to watch a lot of it with the Washington Capitals. And, you know, as we might expect, there are some things that are very positive, maybe some things that are not so exciting. But uh, in the meantime, obviously the Jets have uh, bigger priorities in terms of fixing the roster as well in the offseason. And one of the most crucial ways that they do that is through the draft. Um, you can debate <laughs> uh, the Jets' development in recent times of their prospects, but at least when it comes to drafting talent, I think the Jets have done a good job. Now, with the 30th overall pick, there are going to be some interesting names available. Uh, a lot of players with, you know, really interesting positives and, and potential, but also quite a few cosmetic flaws that might hold them back from true greatness. We'll talk about some of these players in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our wonderful friends at Built.com. Those of you who have heard this podcast before know by now that I'm personally a very big believer in Built Bars. They're a protein bar that's more like a candy bar with a 100% real chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. They've got tons of amazing flavors, and they've just brought in a brand new one called Mud Pie, which if you like those chocolatey Mud Pie flavors, um, you know, you're looking for something that's maybe not as calorically heavy and loaded with carbs. That's why Built Bar has a great flavor like this, including their own like regular Mud Pie flavor bar or a Mud Pie Puff Bar, which if you've ever had any of their puff flavors, you know that that marshmallow goodness is just to die for. And most importantly, it's guilt-free, right? Uh, this Mud Pie Bar is clocking in at around 150 calories. It's got 17 grams of protein and, you know, around seven or eight grams of sugar, which is crazy for something that tastes this good. If you're not really sold on Mud Pie, though, you can also get the variety box that lets you try 12 different flavors. I think this is a great way to introduce yourself to their entire catalog of amazing flavors, and maybe you'll pick a brand new favorite that you weren't even expecting. To place your order, go to built.com and be sure to use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Again, at built.com, be sure to use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at built.com. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are uh, about to talk a little bit about uh, Winnipeg's potential drafting options at the 30th overall pick. There's like two to three names that I think are interesting. Um, some some notable cosmetic flaws with these prospects, and you sort of expect that with a late first rounder. My guess, though, is because of the way the drafting and, and the ranking this year is situated, there might be some really interesting names that drop a lot further than expected. But we're going to go by rankings kind of roughly where they are right now um, to try and make it at least as grounded an approach as possible. Before we go any further, though, just wanted to say thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. While you're here, though, I did have a, a small favor to ask of you. Obviously, Locked On NHL and Locked On Winnipeg Jets, we're always looking to improve the show, grow uh, grow the, the, the viewer base and listener base. And we want to solicit your feedback. So we have a very cool, very quick survey that you can find at LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey. It'll only take you a few minutes, and when you complete it, you'll be entered to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. You ask me, that's a pretty darn great deal. 
for just a few minutes of your time talking about a podcast that you're already listening to and giving us feedback to help us improve the show, you get a chance to get some really cool free gift cards. In my mind, that's awesome. I love free stuff. I'm sure a lot of you do too. And you know how concert exp- concert tickets are very expensive. Same with like Winnipeg Jets tickets. It can be pricey if you're taking multiple people. So save some money, give us your feedback, and uh, it's a win-win for everyone. Again, we just really love and appreciate your support. And thank you so much for all the time that you give us. Now, moving on, I, I do want to talk about a couple of prospects. We're going to focus on two for tonight. Um, mostly because I feel like, you know, there are quite a few that I want to do a little bit more digging on. Uh, Rucker McGordy has been one player that's potentially been listed as in Winnipeg's range. Uh, some have had him a little bit higher in the first round. Some have had him, uh, you know, deeper in the, the first, maybe even early into the, the, the top of the second round. But the two prospects that I kind of want to skirt around to first, um, for me are maybe the more dynamic and more exciting players, but also the bigger risks. The first is Pavel Mintukov, who we talked about ages ago uh, when we were first exploring potential back-of-the-round drafting prospects. Mintukov, uh, obviously, he's a very interesting defender, somebody who has like a very offensive bent to his game. The thing with Mintukov is that he has like crazy skating and agility and really smooth puck handling. He's offensively explosive. He's got this great offensive awareness inside the attacking areas. Uh, he loves to attack space. Um, and because of his size and, and considerable skating skill, this is a guy who can glide around and create offensive opportunities uh, almost instinctually. He's got a, a great shot. His passing is very interesting. Uh, some interesting uh, notes, though, that some of the passing sometimes hasn't really gotten into very dangerous areas, which could be uh, a note of concern if you're looking for somebody who's attacking the slot and looking for the most uh, precious parts of the ice. But it could also be the approach of the Saginaw spirit and maybe not being the best team where Mintukov might start to worry people is that in, in the footage that I've seen and in some of the scouting reports out there from folks like smart scouting and a few others, uh, one criticism of him is that he's very aggressive and not always in the right way. If you've watched Logan Stanley try to pinch and go for hits away from the puck or, or, you know, even out of position, Mintukov kind of has some of the same issues, right? He's always looking to use his size and strength as an advantage, which in isolation you might think is great. In the context of pulling yourself away from the lanes you need to be marking and occasionally abandoning your your man-to-man assignments, that's a serious problem. And speaking of those man-to-man assignments, sometimes Minjukov just wasn't really sure who he was supposed to be marking, which uh, again, for Jets fans, that's an extremely common and familiar feeling. All of that said, you know, that stuff to some degree can be worked on. I do kind of wonder if his defensive IQ is just not particularly great. So if that is the case, you're kind of potentially looking at more of like a Tyler Meyer situation, a really strong skater in transition with a great shot and really natural offensive instincts, but maybe issues at the other end of the ice and in the neutral zone. So yeah, this is the kind of player that I think is an interesting punt late in the first. Um, But, you know, Mintukov, he has enough issues in his game to where it it would require some significant development and progress to really, uh, I think for me, get excited about. And with the way that the Jets tend to deal with these players and their prospects, he might be somebody that's just a little bit too much of a project for the Jets to get um, really involved with. The other guy that might be a a more well-rounded player and somebody that the Jets are probably legit considering is uh, Luca Dalbel-Belus. Uh, he's a very like lanky, rangy center with really great shooting, 
um, like an absolutely ridiculous shot that's super, uh, super accurate, very hard, very fast. Um, he's also got great vision and spatial awareness, loves to attack the slot, and he can often bring in his teammates on really great plays. Uh, Delbel Belus is a very exciting prospect. I think he's done pretty big numbers recently for Mississauga. And from the scouting footage I've found and some of the reports out there, He's definitely an offensive dynamo, a, a really natural playmaker. And again, with a release as great as his is, you know, the Jets have had finishing issues recently. Delbel Belus might be a potential uh, solution to at least some of that. Where Luca kind of has had some issues is, is really in the skating. Um, his edge work, it's, it's not exactly efficient, and he doesn't really have like a fast top-end gear because his strides haven't really been super, uh, super long and super powerful. It's a little bit choppy, a little bit inefficient. His mobility has kind of been an issue. I don't think it's enough to really uh, hamper everything that he, that he does, but certainly it hasn't been an ideal uh, run towards a like a, a professional trajectory. That said, his scoring rates are looking really great. It's clear that his offensive instincts and skill are there. If he can work on the mobility and continue to add strength to his frame, I think you're going to see a really powerful you know player down the middle. Maybe not somebody who's like an elite four checker, but his passing is there. The shooting is potentially there big time. There's a lot to work with as like a really talented offensive weapon. If you can get him up to speed and the stuff that he's got issues with, it's it's less IQ and more just simple mechanics. Uh, I say simple, but it's really not. Of course, this is stuff that you would really have to spend a lot of time working on, but it's coachable. It's fixable. And in that area, I think Del Belus for me is actually a much more uh, pro-ready prospect compared to somebody like Mintukov. Uh, Mintukov, again, very fun to watch. I just kind of feel like his game is hard to project into like a, a serious top six role at the NHL level, whereas Del Belus might have a, a real bonafide chance at slotting in somewhere on your second or third line if everything goes right. Um, even if these guys only play a handful of NHL games, right? That's that's pretty decent value for a late first. I think Dubbo Belus would be a worthy risk uh, if if some other player hasn't fallen to the Jets first. But uh, if you've got a prospect in mind that you would be interested to hear about, be sure to let me know. I know Connor Geeky was the one that we talked about a little bit ago, and I'm sure folks are interested to know whether maybe drafting the guy who's playing nearby would be the better choice here because Geeky probably is a late first round pick kind of player. But Again, be sure to let me know who you'd be interested in me talking about on a future episode, and I will do some research and come up with some really cool prospects to maybe keep an eye out for. Uh, you can tell me at HLivingLocal and LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter or in the YouTube comments below. Before we close out for tonight's episode, though, I, I just wanted to talk about uh, game one of the Stanley Cup finals. That is the current hockey game <laughs> uh, that we're all, I guess, interested in tuning into because it is really uh, two of the top teams in the league. Even with Tampa kind of taking a step back, it's it's definitely still a it can um, a really competitive roster, and they're facing one of the most exciting young teams in the entire league. We'll talk about Game One in just a little bit and get some early insight into how uh, well the, the the first game of a super exciting Stanley Cup Finals panned out. Hello, friends. Welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Uh, I just wanted to run through quickly some early observations from the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of you are watching it as neutrals because it is a super, super cool matchup. You finally have a Stanley Cup Finals where it doesn't really feel like either team is an underdog. 
I, I love underdog stories, but I also still appreciate that, you know, two of the top, like truly top teams in the league actually made a cup finals uh, and didn't get eliminated and punished with a really um, frustrating playoff structure. So, you know, Colorado got off to a really quick start by the end of the first period. They had a three to one lead. It didn't seem like Vasilevsky was entirely, uh, you know, comfortable. And that's sort of to be expected because Colorado, Colorado can create chaos with really fast counters. Uh, they're also actually pretty, pretty dangerous around the slot area looking for rebounds. They jam loose pucks home and they just have guys who are very smart and very situationally aware, ready to pounce on mistakes. And I think for, for Tampa Bay, uh, especially during that first period, it was obvious that they were really struggling to kind of contain Colorado's pressure. As the game wore on, you started to see Tampa maybe start to get a bit more control into the game. And then the breakthrough sort of happened when um, there was this, the second Tampa Bay goal, a little bit of a greasy one. But right after that, like a minute and a half after that, Sergeyev then tied it on like a, a long distance bit of a seeing eye shot from almost the top of the right faceoff circle. I'm sure Darcy Kemper wasn't thrilled that that one got through. Uh, he wasn't probably super thrilled with the first goal, but you can't really fault him for that that second one because uh, Kucherov cut across the slot with a beautiful play and set up Andre Palat with a perfect pass. Not much that you can do there. Third goal, you know, you probably want that one back, but again, Sergeyev had a great shot through some traffic. Kemper just really never saw it. And so, uh, you know, they they traded a lot of blows. Colorado definitely had the shot share advantage, and that continued into the third period. But, you know, Tampa Bay on the counters that they had were really dangerous. I thought that the Lightning had a couple of really good chances to score. Uh, definitely, though, Colorado, I thought, carried most of the, the most dangerous opportunities. And then it got, you know, into overtime. And Andre Burakovsky, of all people, ended up stepping up to the plate on a bit of a busted clearance, uh, a bit of a fluky bounce to his teammate. And Burakovsky just found himself a really nice recipient of a great pass. Vasilevsky never had a chance to actually slide over uh, towards the the near post on Burakovsky's shooting side. Uh, again, not much you can do there. And Burakovsky buried his first in like seven games. And just like that, Colorado's taken game one. I think for the Avs, the only real weakness that they've had so far is just goaltending. It's kind of been a concern throughout the playoffs. Uh, Kemper might not, not even be 100% yet, but... He's going to have to hold out for as long as possible. Pavel Frenzo is probably not the guy you want to have out there in a cup finals. Not that Kemper necessarily is either, but that's the, the top choice, right? Vasilevsky, you know, he, he recovered pretty nicely after that rough first period, did about all that he could on the final goal of the game. But, you know, Tampa, they're going to have their work cut out for them. This is the fastest team that they've played so far, uh, certainly one of the highest octane offenses they've faced. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a really fun series. If game one is any indication, I think it's going to be a great one. And I'm looking forward to it. I don't know that I have a particular rooting interest. Um, I guess if I had to choose one, I'd probably want, I don't know, uh, Colorado, I guess, just because uh, uh, Tampa three-peat, it's a little bit frustrating to see them constantly win. A fresh face would not be the worst outcome. And also it rewards a really good process and hopefully gives teams you know, a, a template to learn from and maybe even model. But we all know the league has some old-fashioned ideas about team construction, so who knows if anyone's actually going to take the right lessons. But again, let me know who you're rooting for in the YouTube comments below or on Twitter. 
but for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. I, again, just wanted to say thanks so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day, every day. Like I said, Friday, I would like to have some mailbag questions. So uh, if you've got any for me, leave them in the comments below. I'll also be reading Twitter, checking uh, questions there and trying to answer uh, some fun stuff on Friday and give you some additional insight into whatever it is Winnipeg Jets or NHL related that you're into. But again, for tonight's episode, that's going to be all the time that we have. Before you log off, be sure to make your second listen, Locked on NHL. Locked on NHL covers the playoffs like no one else. Here are the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. So like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.